welcome to episode three of Young Adulting Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And we're here to talk about bad books and good advice. And today is actually our first advice episode. We've been getting all of your questions on Instagram DMs and in our Facebook group and are excited to tackle some of them. And we just wanted to clarify something. We are not sisters. We're just good friends. I got several questions that were geared towards sisters. Um, So this is Becca Freeman, and my sister is Becca Atwood. But I could see how you might be confused, because we are both Becca. And they're both really awesome. That's nice. Yeah. You're you're pretty cool. I like you. Thanks. I'd I'd record a podcast with you. Thanks. Or three. We're, We're on our third episode, guys. Yeah, this is crazy. We're... We're excited to be in your ears right now. So excited to be inside your ears. Oh, that's weird. Okay. So before we get to our reader questions, our listener questions, I guess, um, let's talk about our highs and our lows. Let's do it. Becca, what was your high this week? So my high was the launch of our podcast, letting you in on a secret that we're actually recording this in the past. So this is the week that we launched our podcast and it was it was super stressful because we actually didn't realize that there was a submission process and that it was going to take, it says online that it's going to take three to 10 days to get approved. And we didn't know that. So I submitted it on Tuesday night and I thought it would take like a week or something. And I thought that I did it wrong too. So on Wednesday night, it was out to dinner with my friend Allie and she was like, how's the podcast going? And I was like, oh, well, like I submitted it. I did it wrong. Now I have to wait for it to get rejected and we're going to like resubmit it. And all of a sudden in the middle of dinner, somebody sent us a DM and was like, oh my God, your podcast is live. And I was like freaking out because I wasn't expecting it. And we were just getting like such a barrage of DMs from people who are so excited to listen. And of course, like all of our friends were super nice and, you know, leaving us nice comments and everything. But I don't know. It's just it's it's scary to put something out into the world. But everyone's been so nice to us. And it's just been really exciting to actually give birth to this this thing we created and actually put it out into the world. I'm going to agree with Becca. I'm sitting here smiling and nodding as she says this, but this has just been so cool. All of your DMs, all of your messages, um, seeing the ratings go up in iTunes has been absolutely incredible. Um, My other high is I have two. Um, I just pulled my blog traffic this morning, and I had my best blog traffic month ever. Grace, that's huge. So I was very, very happy. Um, So thanks to those of you who read The Stripe, because that's really awesome. What was your most popular post from this month? The most popular post this month was about um, the proper order to apply skincare. So um, I I get so many DMs, like, when do you apply serum? When do you apply moisturizer? So I kind of broke all of that down in one blog post, and um, it kind of went viral. People were sharing it like crazy. I feel like I know the right order but I also feel like you could tell me the order and I would be surprised. Can you just give me like the Yeah, so you wash your face. Okay. Um, Then you apply any toner if you use a toner. Then um, you kind of apply them in order of product thickness. So you would do an essence if you use that, then your serum, then um, your moisturizer, and then oil is the last step. It kind of like locks in all of those good ingredients. Here's a curveball. Where do you put sunscreen on in that order? So I typically do oil at night, so no sunscreen, and then I do sunscreen as my last step in the day. Or I use a moisturizer that has sunscreen in it. Okay, I think I've been getting this right. I feel 
I yeah. feel reaffirmed. I got a lot of questions about when to apply sunscreen because I hadn't included that. Okay, so what was your second high? Oh, you guys, Ready Player One. So I posted about this over in the Facebook group. Um, and by the way, join our Facebook group because we want to talk to you guys, but right now we only have 75 members and there's not a lot of discussion happening just yet, but we're optimistic that it's going to get better. Maybe when this episode goes live, our Facebook group is going to be popping. Yeah, I think it's going to be popping. Come talk to us about books. Yeah, we just want to talk about books like all day long. So I saw Ready Player One, the movie, on um, Friday night, which was the night that it came out. Again, we're recording a little bit in advance. And, okay, I, I could talk about this for a whole episode, so I won't. But I'll just say I was completely shocked because the movie was entirely different than the book. Like, it was an entirely different story. Um, and I was sitting there, and I was looking at my friend, and I was so mad at first. Like, we were both, like... I mean, Ready Player One is one of both of our favorite, favorite um, young adult books. So we were both, like, so pissed. And then I think we both just got to a point where we're like, we're just going to enjoy this like it's a different movie. And then we started to like it more. But that was definitely one of my highs is I've been waiting and waiting for it to come out for, like, at least a month now. I've never read Ready Player One. Um, you need to read it because it's, it's, it's a really good one. And it's in a dystopian future, which we love. I feel like this podcast is really bringing out a lot of our differences of like things that one of us likes and the other doesn't. Like, yeah, I we're getting we liked further all the apart. Same things, should but we, we don't. Should we quit? Yeah, let's quit. You guys, sorry, this is our last episode. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, Grace, what was your low from this week? Okay, I had a really shitty week actually. Um, I was really sick, but so when I went to Cartagena, I um, dropped my phone several times, and there were some cracks in there. And somehow a ghost got inside of my phone. So I would be at the Whitney Museum with my mom, and it would open up Headspace, and Andy would start a meditation in the middle of a quiet museum. It was FaceTiming all of my friends. Julia from, <laughs> Julia from Lemon Stripes, I am so sorry. It, 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 my phone called Julia so many times. She was like, what's going Why on? Why Julia? I don't know. Maybe she was one of the last. I've never even FaceTimed with Julia. And it just was picking her. It likes her. Huh. So You've that was a real low. Julia. And then um, it just completely broke, and it locked me out of my phone altogether. So luckily, at that point, I had already ordered a new phone, but I was completely without a phone for two days, which, like, as a blogger and someone who's on social media quite a bit, and being sick, I was just like, I have no ties to the outside world. I'm dying on the couch, and there's no way I can communicate with anyone. That it was, sucks. It was very dire. What about you? What was your low? I I feel like my week was just like one big high and one big low. I don't know that I have a specific moment. I was really stressed at work this week. And I do you ever do this to yourself where you make too many plans and then you get really stressed about how many plans you have, but it's like it's completely your fault. Like I was yes, I was that's having my life. Yeah, I was having that week. And so I canceled on Grace twice to do our podcast because I was like, I'm too stressed out. I can't do this. Um, and so we were supposed to record on Saturday. Well, first we were supposed to record on Thursday. I was too stressed and had been out every night this week and was like, I need to go home and go to bed at 930. Um, and then on Saturday we were supposed to record and I woke up and I had the worst period cramps. And I was like, oh God, like this isn't better. And then this morning I woke up and I was like, okay, great. This is going to be, this is going to be our day. Um, and I'm getting sick now. So 
I don't know. I've just been, I've been riding a, you need a string of good lows. Self-care day. I do. Yeah. I feel like this week really made me believe in Mercury and retrograde. Oh, I completely believe in Mercury and retrograde. I, it like, it don't go outside if Mercury is in retrograde. It's in retrograde until the, I think it's like the 15th or the 18th or something. Like we have a while. Yeah. I'm yeah. And I, I feel weird myself too. Like I feel flakier than usual. Like I feel more emotional than usual. Like I'm blaming that on Mercury in retrograde too. Blame it on her. She's awful. But, um, maybe we can talk about the the things we're obsessed with because both of my obsessions this week are like stress slash anxiety related. Tell, tell. So the first one, I feel like this is the most underrated product. Have you ever tried Origins Peace of Mind? I have not. Oh my God. We're going to make you try it right now. So Origins Peace of Mind, I've been using this since I was a teenager and it's like one of my must have things and nobody else uses it, but I make people try it all the time and everyone likes it. So it's peppermint essential oil, but it's in a cream. So I don't know what they mix it with, but basically if you're stressed or if you ever get like a tension headache or you are just like need to relax, like it's like immediate Ooh. relief. Okay. So, okay. So you put it on your fingers here, give me your fingers and then you like rub it together. Oh, this smells really good. It's like minty. Yeah. And you put it on, put it on your temples and then you just like inhale it. Ooh, my skin's tingling too. It's like cooling. I like it. So yeah. I've been just like slathering this on, not slathering. That is aggressive. Yeah, and I don't not think how you, you should slather it. that. It's a tiny bottle. It's a teeny tiny bottle, but I've been using it all week and it's been my savior. Um, and then the other thing I feel, I feel like I've talked everyone's ear off about this is my gravity blanket. I think maybe we just started this podcast because I ran out of people in real life to talk to about my gravity blanket. I've convinced <laughs> she's talked to me about the gravity blanket for like three months now and I still haven't bought one. I'm dying to try it. I've, I've convinced no one. So I just talk about it endlessly, but nobody wants to buy it. So last year I, I started getting these Facebook ads for the gravity blanket and it's like, are you stressed you're that out? Person that buys things off of Facebook ads. Yeah. You're the, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And you, you're a genius at creating them too, which is also funny. Yeah, but I'm a sucker. So it's like, are you stressed out? Are you anxious? Like this, this weighted blanket will like make you instantly feel better. And I was like, sold. This sounds awesome. So it's this like 20 pound blanket and it's filled with sand, I think. And I can't explain it. So they use it for like people with PTSD. Like they use it for people with like far more serious issues than like millennials who have like stressful jobs and like to whine about them like me. Um, but there's something about the sensation of having something heavy on you. Like it's like the, the vest that they put on you at the dentist when you get x-rays. Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. It's, it's like that feeling, but it's like your whole body. It's so calming. So last night I like busted out my gravity blanket and was laying with it on the couch watching terrible TV. And I was like, Oh, like this is what I needed. That sounds like the perfect night. Uh, it was really great. If anyone else has a gravity blanket, also it's, I don't even have the gravity blanket. I have like an Amazon knockoff of the gravity blanket, 
But if anyone else has one, I just like, I need someone in my life to talk to about this. So, you know, I'm going to finally order one. I'm putting that on my podcast and I'm going to get myself a gravity blanket. Yes. But tell us on Instagram or in the Facebook group if you have one too, because it's all I want to talk about and nobody in my life cares except for now, Grace. I'm going to get one and we can talk about it. Maybe it'll be my obsession next week. We'll see. What's your obsession this week? My obsession this week. Okay. This is like, this is going to sound really funny. My ex. I have two, but the first one is exfoliating my face. So I've always used face scrubs and what have you, but I, um, I have this blog that I'm obsessed with, um, the skinny confidential and there's this girl, Lauren Everts, and she has beautiful skin and she's probably one of the only people I've seen that is even more obsessed with her skin than I am. And so she posted a video with her, um, her morning skincare routine and she was talking about Kate Somerville's Exfolicate, which is an amazing product. Um, but she used it. She uses it for two minutes when she scrubs her face. With her hands? Yeah. So hmm. I, they sound like mean girls. Lauren Everts did it, so I did it. Um, so I decided that I was going to, you know, scrub my face for a little bit longer, probably only like a minute. And I noticed such a difference just using my regular old face scrub, not a new product or anything. So now when I exfoliate, I make sure I do it for like one to two minutes and my skin is so smooth. Your skin looks really good right now. Thank you. I, I need to get better at exfoliating. I don't exfoliate almost ever. Well, I also discovered the best face scrub. There's this company and it's at Target, which I love because Literally, none of their products are over $20. It's called the Seaweed Bath Company, and their face scrub is heaven. It reminds me a lot of Kate Somerville's Exfolicate, but it um, it's all natural. Ooh. And it's like $12. So I've been using that like three to four, like I'd say every other day, and my skin has been so soft. Ooh. Do you use it in the morning or at night? In the morning. Okay. Like Lauren does. <laughs> Well, if it's good enough for Lauren, it's good enough for us. Yeah. What's your other one? So my other one is, so last night, my one of my good friends hosted a game night at his apartment. And so we, I brought over this game that I had been sent and it's called Utter Nonsense. I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's any good, but whatever. It was probably the most fun game we have ever played. So there's two editions. There's the family edition and there's the naughty edition. And of course, I brought the naughty edition over. And what it is, is it's kind of like Cards Against Humanity or Apples to Apples. And well, one person is the judge and they pick an accent card. And then everyone has seven cards with like random phrases they have to read. And it's not going to sound as funny as it is, but... Um, the accents range from like something more standard, like a French accent or an Italian accent to, um, crying or singing. So we were all drinking wine and literally like singing and speaking in fake in French. And all the phrases are very funny. And like, some of them are like super dirty. So it was hilarious. Like I actually, I don't remember the last time I laughed so hard. It was one of the most fun nights I've had in ages, and the game is just epic. Like, I literally cannot wait till I get to play it again. So do you win based on, like, your delivery? Like, is it about being funny, or is it about having the right card? It's kind of a mix. So having the right card helps, but I felt like I was using skills that I had from, like, high school drama, where I was, like, really throwing myself into these roles. Like, one of the accents was drunk, so I, like, started slurring and, like, threw my, and, like, dropped myself on the ground, and I won that one. Did you win the game? I came close, and it was funny because um, it, it became very clear that, like, out of the five of us, three of us were very much actors, and two of us were not. I'm proud to say I fell in the group of people that were 
that were actors. And um, my friend Alex actually won. She was amazing at it. Awkward silence that we'll edit out. So should we get into our listener questions? Yes, let's do it. First of all, I'm really excited that we have listener questions and we didn't have to make them up because we're not above that. These are not made up, but if we did not have questions, we would have 1,000% made up some questions. So we tried to keep them all on a theme and we tried to uh, tackle questions around work and finding your passion and, and kind of your career path. But then we also had one other one that we put in there because it seemed time sensitive. So, you know, yeah, we wanted to get back to this person. Yeah. So our first question is from Hallie on Instagram and she wanted to know how to figure out a passion versus a hobby. For example, she loves interior design, but does that mean she should go back to school for it? So we both had pretty different, um, we talked about this in advance, we both had pretty different opinions here. So for me, the first thing I would say is like, is it something you can monetize? So interior design, like, absolutely, that could, that could, that could work. Um, But also, you you really need to think about whether this is something that you love doing for you or you would want to do for other people. So I, for example, love interior design and I've had the best time decorating my own apartment. But like if Becca was like, hey, Grace, I love your apartment. Can you do mine? I would have absolutely no interest in doing that. I mean, I'd give you advice because you're my friend. But like the idea of doing it for other people like sounds terrible. But like how do you think about – how did you think about – turning your blog from a hobby into your career? Like what made you feel comfortable taking that step? Um, I was earning more money from my blog than my day job. So that helped. And I was finding myself, I kind of was so burnt out between the the two projects that I had to kind of decide like, do I want to spend my time working for me or working for someone else? So I was really practical about it. Um, But I think that there's like a lot of ways to look at it. You had an interesting point. Yeah, so I see your point of view here. I would say it depends. So I think that taking your passion and turning it into your career can sometimes ruin it for you, or not ruin it, but you know, if you love interior design and your favorite thing is to watch HGTV and to like read Architectural Digest or, you know, to go through Pinterest and, and find like interior inspiration like how do you feel about that if that is then your job and that's what you do 40 to 60 hours a week and that's all you think about so for me I loved fashion and like was so into fashion magazines and reading fashion blogs and the minute I started working in fashion which I don't regret whatsoever you know doing those things became an extension of work and weren't a hobby anymore so and I think I know plenty of people who have taken their hobbies or their passions and turn them into careers. But I think it depends who you are as a person and why you love this thing. And like, do you have other hobbies that you would be able to like invest yourself into if interior design became your nine to five? Like, I don't know. I was trying, I was explaining this before to Grace and I I was explaining it super poorly, but there's this analogy about starting a coffee shop where just because you like coffee doesn't mean you would like owning a coffee shop because so little of owning a coffee shop is about drinking coffee. Like it's more about, you know, the accounting and the stock work and hiring employees and scheduling and all of these other things that have nothing to do with liking coffee. So, you know, with interior design, I don't know what those things are because I've never been an interior designer, but I'm sure there's all of these like 
things, the inner workings behind it that you would have to figure out. And like, would you, would you enjoy it as much if it wasn't just purely like this thing is beautiful, but it was like the stress of like making budgets or, you know, whatever those equivalents are. Yeah. I think, um, my dad's kind of a good example there. He is a chef and runs a restaurant and he always loved cooking, but he found himself like, you know, running a business. My sister Becca is actually like that too. Um, you know, she start she was a painting major at Rhode Island school of design and, you know, she started her pillow line because she wanted to make these beautiful fabrics and she was hand dyeing everything. And now, you know, she struggles. She's does maybe like a quarter of her day is spent being creative and being an artist. The rest of it is running a business, managing employees, you know, looking at her QuickBooks, um, placing orders, working with factories. So it's funny how it, it'll change if it becomes your business versus just your, your hobby. Yeah, but that's not to discourage Hallie from from going for it because I I am a really big believer in gut feelings too. So if yes. you if you are like, I feel this need inside of me that like I need to be an interior designer. Like I think you should go and do that. Like I think you should go back to school or you should like find an internship or you know find a way to try it out. Um, but like I think going into it with eyes wide open about um, what that means is is probably is probably smart. I agree wholeheartedly with your advice, Becca. Um, so our next question is also from Instagram. It came from Jessica. And she asks, when is it a good time to discuss promotions or more money? That's hard. That's on a case-by-case basis, I think. But I I truly believe that women need to advocate for themselves more in the workplace and and spearhead these conversations and I've had kind of an interesting career because I've worked mostly in companies that are run by women and that are predominantly women but I know for my friends who work in more balanced workplaces um, there is a lot of tension and you know they can sometimes feel like their bosses are either overlooking them or that like the workplace dynamics are I guess like not conducive to um, them getting the monetary recognition or the promotions that they deserve. Um, so I think it is really important to advocate for yourself if you're if you're feeling like that. I'd say having managed people and then also being on the other side of it being managed, like I think maybe as like a discreet rule of thumb, like you want to have been at your workplace for more than six months and I think you should have a list of things that... Yeah, build a case. Build a case. Like, you should go in with a list of, like, here are the things that I've done that where I've outperformed. And especially if you have, like, your job description that you were hired for or, you know, any kind of, like, work plan that you were given when you first started. If you can compare, like, the areas that you've outperformed relative to what the expectations were and go in not just with, like, a really vague case around hey, I've been doing such a good job. I've been working really hard. But if you can say, hey, I wrote the pitch for this thing. I don't know what your job is. I don't know what a good example is. But if you can come in with something really, really specific and and tell that to your boss that you did it, it's going to make it much clearer for them. And I think also sometimes you can get stuck looking only at things that happened in the last month or two months. So like if you've been writing them down the entire time you've been at your job, um, I think you'll have much more of a sense of like, what are the amazing things you've done that maybe have kind of faded into the background for your boss? 
Yeah, when I had a more corporate job, I always kept like a running list. I think I had it like in my Gmail, so it was on in my on my personal um, computer of all of the things I had accomplished, so that when I needed when I did want to have that conversation, or like back at those kind of jobs, we had to do reviews and all of that. So I would have all of that on hand. Have you ever had to ask for a raise? Have you ever initiated that conversation? I did when I was at P and G. I um I was extremely extremely underpaid and the worst was that we all talked so what happened was is we were kind of this product of an acquisition and so anyone who was at the company that was acquired was really really underpaid and then P&G brought in their employees and they were paid you know probably like 40 50 percent more than I was earning so that was actually like it was I had my boss was like super pragmatic and logical and I kind of just walked him through and I was like these are the things that I'm doing I know that like I'm really low on the pay grade like what can we do to get me up and he was really honest with me he said you know like to be he was very frank he was like to be honest like you're so underpaid that we um can get you like we can give you an 18 percent raise like this month and then in six months if you're still performing like I'm happy to talk like about another raise and it felt like we were kind of like a team and on the same page so I like I was really really I was really, really lucky and that he was completely on my side and was like, I'm going to fight for you. But I know that it's not always that way. Another piece of advice I would say, like besides trying to get them kind of on your team, is um, to read the situation. Like I've had, (laughs) I've been asked about like this kind of a conversation before as a manager when it's like the busiest day or... um, like I'm having a bad personal day and like so just like really think about like a day this sounds stupid but a day your manager's in a good mood maybe business is really good maybe like it's a slower day and you just came off like a really big project um I think that it like the it shouldn't matter this much but the context of the situation will only work to your advantage if you go in at the right time when your boss is in a good mood yeah I totally agree with that yeah what about you have you ever had to ask for more money So I've never had to initiate the conversation about a raise, I don't think, but I have definitely negotiated either a job offer that I've been given or when somebody, when I have gotten a raise, I've negotiated for more money um, when I didn't feel like that was fair. Um, And I think it always surprises me when I hire people how 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 much of a mixed bag it is between people who negotiate their offer and people who don't. I think generally when like somebody gives you a job offer, um, it doesn't hurt to ask. Like I I've never had somebody ask me for more money and be like, Oh, I don't want them anymore. They're greedy or like, they're not a good candidate. Like I think, you know, I don't know if people think that it makes them look, um, ungrateful or something, but I, I think that that's definitely one area where like you can go into the situation starting out on the right foot and not be like you were saying where you were like starting from a place of being like grossly underpaid and needing to like make your way back up to parity. Yeah. So our next question, I'm actually really excited about this one. Um, So this is from Quinn on Instagram and she asked if you could go back to when you graduated college and were beginning your career, what would you do differently? And Grace and I talked about this one before too. Well, she told me her answer, but I didn't tell her mine. And I think we have very different thoughts here too. So I said, and this isn't because my life is perfect by any means. It's not. And I made, I've made so many mistakes along the way. But um, 
I wouldn't do anything differently. I'm a big believer that um, the all of the things that we do kind of bring us to where we belong along the way. So I've really jumped around a lot in my career. I started out, I was an assistant buyer for a big department store. I did that for about three and a half years. And at that time I was working in women's fragrances and I made some amazing connections there, which led me to my next role at P&G because I realized that buying wasn't really for me. It's like a ton of spreadsheets and numbers and I was super passionate about the product and like fell in love with women's fragrances and the category. So I ended up getting a marketing role for this company I referenced earlier that had been purchased by P&G. Um, that then led me to Cody. Um, I had this monster boss. I've talked about it in, on my blog <laughs> before, but she was a nightmare. She was the worst boss I've had. I've only had one really terrible boss and it was her. Um, and I was so unhappy that that led me to start my blog. Um, like, great. I, it was just like a passion project, something to be a little creative. It's so funny how sometimes you can't see it at the moment, but like bad situations lead you to start really good things. Yeah. Um, and then the blog led me to Bobble Bar, which was my favorite day job and where I met Becca. And then um, I left Bobble Bar and do my site full time, which is my, I'd say it's my dream job. So I really do think that like all the bad stuff, it, it happens for a reason and it kind of gets you to the next thing. So I, I do agree with that. Like on the macro, I don't know that I would change any of the jobs I've taken, but so when I graduated from college, I worked in consulting in financial consulting for two and a half years. And I, I wish I almost would have skipped that. So to go back even further, like I came from a family where, um, there were kind of like, I don't know. I was just raised to believe that there were like three viable career options. Like you could be a doctor, you could be a lawyer, or you could be like a vague business person. I was like that too. Like I really loved art and I never did anything with it because I, or, and I loved writing. Yeah. But those were not viable. I could not major in those. I need, I was a finance major, you guys, which is hilarious. Yeah. So like I grew up in my head that I like was picking between these three <laughs> things and those were the only careers there were, which is obviously not true. And, um, like doctor was out because I don't like blood. And I, I went to college thinking I was going to be a lawyer and then kind of like saw how you hard be a good lawyer though. I, yeah, I think I would be, but like, I wouldn't want to do the things to get to be a lawyer, like yeah. going to law school and like being a junior associate at a law firm, like all sounds terrible. Sounds like awful. My, my, um, brother-in-law is a lawyer and his hours are insanity. Right. Um, so then when I studied abroad in my junior year, I was, my roommate was this girl who was taking a gap year and she was, um, getting ready to go back to work at a consulting firm. And I was like very much in the thick of like not knowing what I wanted to do, but like going into senior year needing to, to, you know, make a choice about what types of jobs I was going to apply to and consulting sounded super vague and I didn't know what it meant, but I was like, yeah, that sounds well-paying and vague and businessy. I'll be a consultant. So I'm just thinking of you with a briefcase right now in like a power suit. I didn't have a briefcase. I did have power suits. I had power suits too. I oddly have saved a lot of my clothing from that first job because it was no. like expensive. Like it was from, like I had a lot of like theory dress pants and oh, like pencil nice skirts. Yeah, I had nice Mine stuff. Mine was all lost. And so I was, I've always been like, oh, like, what if I need this? So I've been hanging on to them for like, 
gosh, like eight years at this point. I've never had a pencil skirt emergency where I've had to take it out. I should just get rid of it. Give it to dress for success. They I need should. that. I should. So anyway, um, so I was a consultant and I was, uh, I was paid super well. I was really good at it, but I didn't like it particularly. And I, I remember I was living with one of my best friends at the time and we were living in this apartment that her dad owned. And, um, he, he's like a very volatile person, which I can say because I'm 100% certain he will never listen to this podcast. Um, so he'd kicked us out of the apartment, um, because he got in a fight with my friend. And so I was kind of looking down the barrel of the gun of like, oh, I, I was living in Boston at the time. I was like, okay, I need to find a new apartment. And I kind of realized I was like, oh, like if, if this isn't so easy and I just like have a place to live and like, I, you know, my job is like good and well-paying and like I'm quote unquote successful. Um, I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't what I want. So it kind of like woke me up and I was like, Oh, maybe I want to move somewhere else. Maybe I want to like get a different job. And so I quit my job and I, I was super ballsy because I, I don't think I would do this today. I moved to San Francisco, never having been there before. I just like decided to move there. And I found my roommates on Craigslist, which is super creepy. And I talked to them on video chat and I was like, yeah, they seem normal. And my God, I didn't, I, I, you guys, I don't know this about Becca and I'm like, I'm I'm like wide eyed and horrified right now. No, I I think it was like a really going back to like the gut feeling thing. Like if you're just like, I need to move to San Francisco. Like I think you should go like, especially when you're young. So I moved there and I didn't have a job. I was like working part-time for my old job unflexible hours. And I like had this totally blank canvas in front of me. And I really got to think about like, what do I like to do? What do I want to do? And I realized that like, I loved fashion. And if I wanted, if I were picking what I wanted to do, like, oh, maybe it would be something to do with that. And like, it sounds so elementary, but like, it hadn't occurred to me that that could be a job. Like, it's like what you were saying with writing. Like, I just... I hadn't connected the dots that there like must be people who work at clothing brands or who work at magazines or or whatever. So, um, I, if I could do something differently, I would cut out that part where I worked in consulting and just because I like thought I had to, or because I thought that was all that was available. And I, I don't know how I would have done that because I think all of my friends and my family were very similarly minded. So maybe it's just one of those things you have to like learn your way through, But if anyone is listening who is, like, just graduating college, like, there are more careers than doctor, lawyer, and vague business person. You know, now I want to change my answer slightly, but it wouldn't be what I would have done um, after college. It would have been what I did after high school. I would have gone to art school or school to be a writer because those were the things I was passionate about, and I never realized you could earn a living. My sister was a painting major and now she runs this incredibly successful company based on like the skills that she learned in art school um or I could have you know maybe I'd have better grammar on my blog if I had gone to school for English yeah but you still ended up in a career in writing yeah that's the other thing it all worked out it always works out it does work out and the other thing that I always tell the younger girls that work for me or I work with um it doesn't really matter what you majored in in college not at all. Like, I thought it was so important. I majored in international relations. Like, Grace met, like, majored in finance. Like, clearly, neither of us have jobs that have anything to do with that. Yeah. So. International relations. That sounds like, I feel like that sounds like a CIA job. Ugh. 
That Maybe that funny. was my misstep. I should have gone into the CIA. Oh, I would, I, I'd be the worst spy, but that's like my dream job. <laughs> so we have one last question that we wanted to tackle. Um, this is a longer question and we don't have it written who it's from. Oh, I, it was because it was from a screen name on um, Instagram and I didn't know how to say it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so this is from someone, and it says, Hey, Jean B, a good friend of mine invited me to her international destination wedding in a few months. I was given a plus one, but I'm currently single, and my other friends who are invited are married. Since they asked for a response soon, I'm struggling with what to do. Just go solo and make the best of it. Ask a friend to come with, RSVP for two, and just figure out who to bring closer to the wedding. I've been to wedding solo and all... but." but all local and this is a several day event any advice you were also just like highlighting that at different paces as I was trying to read it it was super annoying we have a google doc that we both work off of and I was clearly zoning out and just highlighting it and making it look pretty um so I'm gonna jump in so my advice here I, I kind of go back and forth like a lot of my friends, this has come up a few times about the whole plus one debate. So first of all, you were given a plus one, so there's that. But um, I've always believed that weddings should be a, you know, a smaller, more family kind of affair. So, like, you shouldn't bring, like, some riffraff in, like, some random <laughs> some random friend that doesn't know anybody. And I've always kind of thought that people shouldn't get a plus one unless they live together with that person. Otherwise, you get these random p- people in wedding photos that don't don't belong and and it just doesn't matter also weddings are really expensive so that's like you know two three hundred dollars for that person to get to come but but, i so i but it is a destination wedding that's what i was gonna say so like i don't know where this wedding is like let's say for example yeah like let's say for example this wedding is in thailand like if you're gonna go all the way to Thailand, like it would be nice to have somebody with you to explore with. Like yes. otherwise, you're gonna be like the third wheel with all of your couple friends. Like I would tell this person to bring a friend with them if they have a friend who wants to go and is like willing to spend that money. Like I wish Grace was like, hey, my friend is getting married in Thailand. Want to just like come hang out? I would I would be there in a heartbeat. So I mean, I think like maybe your friend shouldn't be in their wedding photos. Like I'll grant you that, but like. I don't think it hurts to, like, if you're going somewhere really far and, like, maybe you want to make, like, a little trip of it to to bring a friend and, like, not to be, like, I need to find a date. Like, I need to find, like, my one true love to bring with me in the next, like, three months. Like, you'll have more fun if you just bring a friend. I would agree with that. I just, this whole, like, topic of wedding dates is sensitive, but you were given a plus one so I guess it's fine I would also maybe just chat with your friend and be like I know that you gave me a plus one that's so nice um I just wanted to make sure that it would be cool with you if I did bring a friend yeah so that you're communicating or maybe you can bring a friend and the friend can skip the ceremony but then you you and your friend can explore because yeah. I bet your friend has like doesn't have a huge interest in going to a random stranger's wedding either yeah yeah so I don't know that we really got you a clear answer. I say bring a friend. Grace says... I would probably go alone, but I also love traveling by myself, so I'm like a weirdo. You're not a weirdo. That's like an awesome quality to love traveling alone. Thanks. I'm super adventurous. Um, write us back, though, and let us know what you decide to do. Yeah, please um, DM us or write us or email that... What is it? Youngadultingpod at gmail.com? Yeah, we figured out our email address. It's youngadultingpod at gmail.com. So if you have a longer question... Um, or want to be respectful of Grace's fat finger. She hates DMs. I hate DMs. Um, you can send us an email instead. 
So before we wrap up, Grace, maybe we can just uh, talk about uh, some other faves from the week. So um, I know we were trying to talk about an Instagram account that we're loving every week. So what's, what's your Instagram account? I have been waiting all podcasts to talk about this because it's my favorite favorite Instagram account right now. It's your podcast. We could have talked it, about this. Like, I know, but okay. like, I feel like we're ending on a real high note. Um, it's an Instagram account called Please Hate These Things. And it's all about interior design, but like really, really bad interior design. Like, I don't know where they find these photos. Like, it's like a, a foyer with a clown, um, a giant clown on the ceiling. Like, it just makes me laugh so hard. And I know... Like, I hate, like, kind of things that are negative. Like, it, it's not nice to, like, make fun of someone or laugh at someone. But, like, this is, like, my private joy, and I'm sharing <laughs> it with you. And please don't judge me for liking to snark on other people's bad interior design decisions. But it it brings me so much happiness. If you have a clown on your ceiling, you deserve to be snarked on. I agree. Or if you decide to, like, squirt something that looks like ketchup all over your kitchen walls and call that art. Like, no. So check it out. It's really funny. So Becca, what about you? So mine is um, Hillary Kerr. Do you follow I her? her? I met her once and she was so, Ugh. so lovely and kind. So I just started following her because she, she also just started a podcast called Second Life. And it's really interesting. It's about um, women who've made big career transitions or kind of gotten to their career in a a non-traditional way and I've really been liking the podcast so I followed her and I didn't realize how much I like her but her Instagram is just super honest she just had a baby and she's doing this like makeover or she's calling it make better not over where she's trying to lose her baby weight um but she's doing it in a way that she's like it feels really anti-feminist to like be like oh I wish I had my old body back Um, and I think she's just like, she's really real in kind of like what the content is that she puts out there. And I've just like really liked following her. She also has a super cute baby who looks super judgmental, which I really like in a baby. Oh, I love judgmental looking babies. Kind of like judgmental looking cats, Mm -hmm. like Tyrion. Yeah. So last thing I wanted to cover was, Grace, did you read anything this week? I did. So right now I'm reading Do Not Become Alarmed. It's written by... I don't know how to say her name. I think it's Mail, Mail Malloy. Um, so this is, it takes place on a cruise ship. These two couples and their children go on vacation together. And of course, somehow they manage to get separated from their children on one of the day trip excursions to Columbia. Is this a gone girl? Do their kids get kidnapped? The kids get kidnapped. Okay. I'm not going to say much more. I'm about 40% through with it. And I have to be honest, it's really taking me a long time to get into but now I'm like so invested in it that I need to go I need to find out what happens I honestly don't know whether I would recommend this book yet it's funny because a lot of the thrillers I like are really terribly written but have amazing storylines and plots this differs from that in that the plot is like taking a while to unfold but the writer is a really beautiful writer. Like, I feel like she might be better suited to, like, more literary fiction Mm. versus thrillers. Um, I can't tell. So it'll be on my reading list when I do read it, but um, I'm kind of just lukewarm on it so far. You'll owe us an update next week or whenever you finish. 
Becca, I know what you read, but tell me about it. Uh, so uh, last week when I was over here, you gave me Emily Giffen's new book, All We Ever Wanted, uh, which comes out in June. And you threatened me that I had to read it very quickly because you wanted to do a giveaway with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I finished it in a week. I brought it back to you. Um, you. I really liked it. So it was somewhat dissimilar from her other books, which are all love stories and that this was like almost like a falling out of love story. Yeah. Um, and there was a whole plot line about bullying that like the main character has kids, which I obviously can't directly relate to. So as I was starting it, I was like, I don't really know if I'm going to like this or be able to, yeah, be able to relate to this, but I loved it. Um, I cried at the end. I did too. Um, oh good. I was going to, yeah. I was going to ask you if you did because I, uh, was saying that yesterday I had a terrible period cramp. So like could have just been overly emotional when I finished the book anyway. But, um, I really, really liked it. I thought it was very interesting. Uh, we'll remind you when it comes out so that you guys can read it too. Yeah. It's a good one. Like add it to the list or pre-order it on Amazon. Yeah. Um, so as a reminder, before we sign off, um, we're getting ready for our second book club next week and we're reading one of us is lying. So we'll post it on our Instagram and in the Facebook group. Um, so you can uh, click to buy, but wanted to make sure all of you are in the thick of it and hopefully really enjoy it. Cause I, I loved it. I loved it too. I have some, I have some things about it. I don't think it was very well written, but I, I could, I tore through it. I tore through it too. And I did not guess the ending at all. Oh, I guessed it. Okay. Well, well we're going to, we're not talking about that yet. That's next week. Okay. Um, but in the meantime, uh, pick up that book, read it and get ready for next week. Um, but in the meantime, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram. We're at young adulting pod and join our Facebook group. Yeah. We're, we're really trying to amp that up. So hopefully by the time this airs, like it is just, off the chain but if not help us make it off the chain yeah please because right now it's literally me and one amazing other listener who is talking about ready player one with me and it feels a little sad that we're the only two people talking about it grace wants to be your friend be grace's friend be our friend be becca's friend too and grace if people want to find you on the interwebs where can they find you i'm grace atwood um, on instagram and twitter and my blog is thestripe.com Becca, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we would love it if you want to rate us in iTunes. Um, leave us a written review that really helps with a- Apple's algorithm. Um, and send us your questions. Yeah, definitely send us any questions you have for next time. Yeah. Or send our podcast to one of your friends. Yes, The best thing you could do for us is take a picture of our logo or listening in iTunes, post it to your Instagram story, tag us and tell your friends to listen because that's the only way to help get the word out and help us grow and help us grow our book club of, of people who adults who like young adult books. We are converting all of you good book lovers to be bad book lovers too. Sorry, not sorry. Yes. So we'll see you next Wednesday and we'll talk about One of Us is Lying. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye.